Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's April 14th, 2021, and this is episode 68, Allie. Um, so been an interesting stretch here, Allie. We were extremely warm, you know, well above average last week, and we saw some field activity take place. We obviously saw a lot of new seeding. We saw some corn. I'm sure there's a few isolated soybeans that went in last week. And But with that said, we'll maybe talk about a little bit about that later in the show. But I think the big thing, Allie, that, you know, I'm sure your phone's been busy this week as mine of, uh, you know, what do we do moving forward here? We got, you know, maybe some good soil conditions coming, but uh, the, the air temperatures are a little below the average. Yeah, I think, you know, for the majority, like you said, you know, likely have not started planning yet. So everyone's just wondering what are those considerations if you are on the fence of whether to start when it's fit. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. first thing we talk about are, are obviously soil conditions at the current state and time. Obviously, we're coming off some subtle rains, you know, some areas had a little bit more than others. So over the weekend, obviously, fields were probably a little bit tacky. You'd still be living, leaving some tracks. But um, as we look at we are having a lot of wind here, obviously abnormally cool, um, but I think it does appear that as we look at in terms of field conditions being fit, you look at um, the end of the day today and then on into the weekend, likely uh, we are going to be checking the boxes in terms of, of soil fitness uh, to get in and plant. But obviously a lot of people are maybe watching the temperature side of things a little bit more than soil fitness. What's your take on that? Yeah, that seems to be the big question. And um, <clears throat> and it, it seems to me, Ellie, like we, um, Every planning we go through season, every planning season, we go through a little stretch like this where, you know, we, we get this early window of opportunity and, and it always boils down to, you know, is it too cold? Are the conditions right? What should we do? Are, are we going to hurt ourselves? And, and there's always this, you know, magical temperature of 50 degrees that, you know, should we wait for that? Do or do we put ourselves in a bad spot to do that? And, and here we're kind of right there again, right? You know, here's that, that window. And um, I sometimes joke, Allie, it's kind of a debate in the industry, you know, uh, to plant or not to plant. And, and usually there's a little bit of disagreement and it maybe confuses some of our producers of what they should do. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit, Allie, I think in the last episode around some historical planning data information and in looking at, at things like that. And, um, you know, I guess the way I look at it, I'm just a, you know, right or wrong, you can take this for what it's worth. I'm not saying this is the right or the wrong answer, but I'm a big believer that if the if the soil conditions are fit, you know, and not so much worrying about what's the exact temperature or what the forecast is bringing, Mother Nature can always throw us curveballs. But um, historically, if the soil conditions are fit, I always struggle not to be out there, you know, probably doing some planting. Um, in this situation, we are ultra early and it looks like we could have a a long period without a lot of moisture in the forecast here where we may have some opportunities to be out there. But um, I guess my take, if the soil conditions get fit, I, I would really encourage growers to maybe take a look at getting started or resuming. I don't think we're at a situation we need to plant around the clock, but I would maybe utilize the good soil conditions and the drier weather to, to at least get going. And maybe you don't push as hard as you maybe normally would and, and stretch out the planting dates, you know, the window here a little bit. But um, that's going to be, as I've talked to growers, the conversation I've had, and, um, I guess I, I just kind of stick to my, my guns there of if it's fit, we'll be okay. And if you look at the last seven planting seasons where we've tracked Ellie, you know, planting in those first windows, it's never been worse. You know, two of the seven years, it was the same all the way across the board. And, uh, five of the seven years, the early planting date windows, you know, were just better yield and drier grain across the board, which, 
which that's kind of what we look for. We want to get our best return on investment. Yeah. And I think, you know, just a reiterating point there would be too, even though we are talking about cool conditions, I think the key point here is we're talking about dry conditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what we're we're really focused on here, arguably. Um, You could choose to park the planters because of maybe suboptimal soil temperatures, but you could potentially be giving up a lot of calendar and moving too much into May, you know, if we wait too long here. Um, But I think, you know, quick question on that though would be, Maybe if someone's not quite ready to plant some corn until they find some more reliable soil temps, maybe they're still, you know, stuck on the temperature side of things. Does one consider planting some early soybeans, knowing that they can maybe compensate for a little bit more uneven emergence? Yeah, yeah, a good question, and, and um, I think we'll see probably some of both going here in this as, as this window opens up. So I think we'll see some of that. Um, you know, if you're if you're maybe in a, a one, you have a one planter situation, I guess I, I tend to lead towards corn, even though we could make a case for both crops. But, um, you know, I guess I'd focus on the corn here um, to, to get going. I'd always, you know, like I said, they're both important. If you got two rigs, you're, you're probably going to start both at a similar time frame is what I would do. But um, I don't have a major issue either way. And um, if we're planting in good, good fit soil conditions, I think that's what we want to look for. And, and um yeah, I guess I'm just going to stick with my with my guns on that, and we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm not opposed to either one. Um, but I, I I'm just going to put priority number one on corn is probably where I'm going to be, yeah, especially being this early, knowing that we could have a a potentially a pretty wide window here at planting gates. Yeah, and I think you talk about a wide window. I'm kind of stealing this line from one of our counterparts, but you know they'd mentioned don't pull all nighters, don't skip lunch. Just mm-hmm. take your time, get yep. some corn in the ground. So I think, you know, keep that top of mind, everyone. I think most importantly, if when you decide to start planting this week, make sure the field is fit. Don't just go check the conditions inside the field drive. You know, think about those areas mm-hmm. that maybe have below average drainage. Um, also, if you do get started early, make sure you've got enough depth. Don't be don't be shallowing those up uh, to try and increase emergence. That'll actually be more of a detriment than what it would help you. Um, so just some reminders there, but coming back from break, we'll talk about a little, little bit more about our observations from the field in both corn uh, and alfalfa. Welcome back listeners. So Josh in segment one, we kind of addressed the elephant in the room, if you will, just the planning situation of when conditions are fit, should we, should we not consider planning? Um, I think just final comments on that before we maybe work through a few other common questions we're, we're having from the field. Yeah, no, I mean, a good discussion. Ultimately, every operation has got to make that decision for their own, you know, based on you know, their operation and, and their situation. And, um, you know, I just, I just look at it. I think we could have a great opportunity to, to get a jump start and plant in some good conditions. And also, you know, maybe we have so much time of April off, maybe spread out our planning dates and have some risk. And uh, I know we were talking kind of during the intermission there, Allie, that, you know, every growing season, we, there's always usually two days that you see a dip in yield. So that's why I kind of want to go to pace where, hey, let's not put a huge percentage on, on, on one to two days there, you know, maybe in some cases, if we could plant all of our corn and in a perfect situation in seven days, you know, maybe we stretch that out to be a, a 12 to 14 day window here and you can still be done in April, which would be a great thing, but that's just a, you know, a few things to be thinking about here as we, we make that decision late week. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I think common question from the field, a lot of folks, specifically those that are making or looking to make some urea applications, uh, spreading that um, out, you know, they're just questioning, they want to continue to make these applications, but also recognizing they might not be looking to work that ground up for another, say, five mm-hmm. days or so. Um, you know, curious, should they be looking at a urease inhibitor such as Agritane? Yeah, that's been a common question this week. And and really, um, you know, it's been such a nice stretch here that, um, I mean, great for, you know, this is great for logistical reasons for, um, you know, um, the retailers, they got a lot of, a lot of acres to cover with, uh, with the, with the spreaders, um, for sure. And, 
And in some cases, I think a lot of our producers are looking at, okay, you know, you know, maybe late week guys are going to get going, but obviously if it's nice in the next week, everyone's going to probably get going. So, Hey, can I get ahead of this? But knowing that maybe I don't, I might not plant tomorrow or the next day, but I'd like to get it spread. And the cooler conditions are going to be really nice, but it is pretty dry. And and you just never know if the weather might, might throw us for a curveball. So, you know, if we are going to spread and maybe it's going to sit there for three to four to five plus days, potentially to get there, you know, looking at a, a urease inhibitor, I think could, could be a, a good investment just to make sure we, we don't lose some nitrogen in that investment. And uh, I think we'll probably see a, quite a bit of that utilized uh, from a standpoint of, hey, I can get my, my urea down, my nitrogen down now if I let them. But uh, I might use a, a urease inhibitor just to buy myself a little bit of insurance and, and make sure that we don't run into a volatility issue, knowing that it's going to be, you know, maybe several days before I get there. So, so not a bad thing. Um, again, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's something you should absolutely have to do, but the cooler temps are going to help us. However, um, if you're not going to incorporate it, you know, maybe within 24 to 48 hours, that might be a really good investment. Yep. And knowing, like you said, that we, we do expect drier conditions here. So not like rainfall is going to be the contributing mm-hmm. thing to, yep. to sufficiently move that urea into the soil. Um, moving on. Um, I think alfalfa in most years maybe has been a larger topic of conversation as we assess winter kill, but certainly always still an important thing to do. No matter the, how many years old your stands are, we want to make sure we're fully assessing those what's good, uh, what's bad and any ugly this year so far, Josh, from what you've seen, um, pretty safe to say so far winter survival has been pretty good. Yeah. I know we've compared some notes there, Ellie, and uh, I, I've been on a, a few different times and, and been really encouraged with what I've seen. Um, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I always look at the new seating maybe first and, and from what I've looked at there, it, it looks, I think it looks tremendous right now what I've looked at. And, and I'm, I'm not sure why Ellie, you know, last year seemed like new seating overall was good, but there was maybe just a few, you know, acres that just took a long time to get going and whether that was just a, you know, you know, maybe a drier season or an environmental thing, um, you know, in some cases too, you know, I know we've talked about with Jeff, you know, being really careful with our herbicide selection. We're in 2019, we're really late on some corn herbicide applications, but, and we, we seeded really early and maybe that led to some variability out there, but, um, you know, hard to say, but um, on the flip side, even, you know, some new seeding that I was kind of keeping an eye on last fall, I'd like to look at, I thought it came through and they look really good and uh, established stands, you know, look good. You know, we're seeing some of the wheel traffic, you know, we're losing some crowns here and there, which you'd expect after, you know, if we're entering that third or fourth year, but I guess overall, I'm really encouraged. It, it's really actually, you know, some little alfalfa is six, eight inches tall already, you know, it's really taken off after we got some moisture and, you know, going to slow down with some cooler temps here, but um, yeah, it, it's really for the calendar date, it's off to the races. It'll be interesting depending on the weather, just to see when, when first cutting comes around. But uh, if we do get a warmer shot here for another month, it could be uh, an early first crop. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I think good talking points. And like I said, you know, that's been my take. I don't look as, at as much alfalfa as you do, but with the way the alfalfa fields are looking this spring um, seems to be very positive so far. So we'll continue on with those assessments as needed. Um, I think, you know, real quick, as we come into the end of the show, Josh, um, corn planted Easter weekend does have a few GDUs on it, you know, maybe close to like 80. So a little ways to go for emergence, but just any general assessments from seeds you think you've seen uh, on the ground yet? Um, yeah, I, I was on a little bit and, and I, um, I know some corn that was planted, uh, last Monday. So the day after Easter Sunday, um, that's all sprouted good. And, and obviously last week we did collect some GDUs, which is crazy. You look at that and soil temps were well into the sixties, some of those days, but, uh, yeah, the, the initial stuff looks good. It, it germed and we got good sprouts and, uh, 
you know, definitely going to be slowed down here a little bit by the cool temps, but uh, it'll be curious to see uh, when that emerges. But uh, so far, yeah, like, it looks it looks really awesome what I've looked at so far. But uh, but it's not up yet. We'll have to get an assessment once it's out of the ground. So I think that's it for this show, everyone. Certainly give us a call if you have any questions from the field. Always happy to talk through considerations specifically around planning this time of the year. Uh, we'll be back in next shows with updates from the field. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060 